Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different grape varieties, the different regions, and the history and culture of wine. And I'd just like to welcome Mighty from Bodega Bilbainas and Vigna Pomal, and we're going to talk about Rioja in northern Spain. So Mighty, if you could just introduce yourself and your background in wine. Hello, Matthew. It's a great pleasure for me to join you in this interview and take a, a, a small piece of, of Spain and in particular a, most, a small piece of Rioja with you and with all your all your uh, students, um, just uh, giving a, 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 some pieces of the landscape of Rioja in this, in this interview. Uh, so I introduce myself at first. Uh, I'm Maite Calvo. Actually, my, I'm the technical director and the main winemaker in Bodegas Vilainas. I started with this uh, profession in uh, 2001, so it's um, more than uh, 20 harvests behind me and uh, a lot of knowledge about Rioja because all my career I developed it in, uh, in Rioja. So I studied in Rioja, in the, in the University of Rioja. At first, at, I studied chemistry, and then I, I specialized on, on uh, enologist and on winemaking process in the second degree at the university also. Um, and then I started working since the first beginning. So I started my work on practice during my last year in, the, in my career uh, in Rioja, and uh, I joined to the to a winery very early. That's when when I finished my my, stu- my studies, and um, I never stopped working in wineries since there. But all the time I work in Rioja, so I always said that I'm a product hundred percent Rioja uh, product, like the like our wines. I was born in Rioja also. Um, I was born in a small village near to the mountain uh, region in Rioja. Um, but uh, then some years, uh, um, when I was uh, 10 years more or less, I moved to the capital, to the Logroño, which is the main city in, in Rioja. And, I, and it was there where uh, I, st- I started studying uh, uh, all, all my career and all my, all my um, professional profile. And well, um, I joined to the Bodegas Bilbainas project uh, three years ago. Before the, this winery, I worked for another very important group of wineries in Rioja. Um, and I'm very happy with this, with this new change and this new stage in my professional career. Because uh, in Bodegas Bilbainas, uh, it's in, in Enaro, it's located in um, in a historical place, uh, talking about Rioja, this Rioja Alta, who is known like the first, um, the first beginning of the Rioja, the centenary Rio, uh, Rioja wineries, and Villas Luen is one of them. So, talking about Rioja is talking about history uh, around the wine because it's, it, we have uh, a lot of knowledge about the Riojan vineyards since 2000 years ago. So this is um, um, for all the people is, who's living in, in Rioja, it's very normal uh, to talk about vineyard. We are surrounded for a lot of, a lot of the small villages that in, in every place in Rioja that cultivate vineyard. Um, we work with uh, with our own vineyards, but we also work with a lot of small owners that give us uh, since many years ago 
their rapes to our wineries, bring us uh, their best rapes for, for making our wines. So this is, uh, well, like a big family all around the wine here in Rioja, since the uh, growers to the wineries and the customers, we are linked together in Rioja. And I think it, it, Rioja for us is more than a world. It's a style of life. So it's sharing a wine with friends, very normal here in Rioja, and sharing this uh, culture of, of the wine, all, all that is behind the wine um, that we, we share. No, you're, defi you're definitely the ideal person to talk to about Rioja because you've grown up there, lived there, worked there, made wine there. So um, very representative of that place. And um, can you explain a bit more about the winery and its history before we get into the region? Okay, so uh, the story of, of Uranus started in uh, 1901. So that last year was our 120th anniversary. We were in celebration because of that. Um, and the story, at the first beginning, um, I have to to say that uh, it started with a French company called Sauvignon Frais. Then in, uh, in the middle of the uh, 19th century, moved to, from Bordeaux to Rioja, um, just uh, um, going away to the, to the two best that uh, uh, isolate all the, the vineyards there in, in France. As you probably know, in the, in the 19th century in Bordeaux, uh, there were two very important diseases in, in the vineyard. One was the phylloxera and the other one was the mildew that completely destroyed all the vineyard there. So that uh, that issue um, give the, the, the reason to that to people, that to that producer there in Bordeaux to look for another place this near to, to France for um, developing this uh, winery project um, in, in conditions very similar than they had there at that moment uh, in, in, in France. So that uh, um, that was the reason why these people decided to move to Rioja because Rioja is very similar to Bordeaux. Um, I think we are um, a little bit more privileged in terms of weather and, and climate conditions. They are um, uh, most favorable for us than there because we have not high levels of humidity that they have there. Uh, but in, in other terms, they are uh, very similar in, in terms of terrain, in terms of this Atlantic um, influence that we have, because we are in the northern of Spain. And we, have, we are also some similar um, conditions because we are in a valley. We are in the, in the valley of the River Ebro, like they, they, are, they, they are surrounded with the, with the two, two rivers, you know, the Garona um so all this these were the reasons why uh, this uh, French company called Sauvignon Frère um, gives the idea to move to Rioja and uh, they take the place where the winery is now. Um, they bought the first winery to another company and they started developing the first project known as our uh, actually Bodegas Bilbaenas. There they uh, decided to only to um, buy the grapes, make the wines, and sell the wild wine to France and continue with this uh, selling process no, of, of, of wild wines. And some years after, in uh, 1901, 
was when really the project of Bonegas Lorena started because uh, our founder, that was an, a businessman uh, from Bilbao called Santiago Garte, bought this uh, small winery to the Sauvignon Frère and he decided to build uh, the biggest winery and the most important winery in Rioja. And the main pillar for that man at that moment there was uh, have the best important places, the best places locked in Naro, very close to the winery for the best vineyards. And on the other hand, had the uh, ability in the, in the winery to uh, age the, the wines, not only make the wine, but also ate the wines and bottled it. And on the other hand, the, that man was very pioneer because um, he decided to develop not only the line of steel wines, but also the sparkling wines. And uh, this is one of the, of, the, of the most important things for our legacy nowadays in the winemaking process in Bilbainas because we were the first uh, sparkling wine winery in Rioja, the first uh, sparkling wine was called Champagne, was called Champagne Lumen, and uh, was launched to the market in 1913. So uh, at that moment there, uh, even uh, Champagne didn't exist still. So uh, this man was very pioneer. And for making this project, what, uh, what uh, he decided was um, to ask for the help for a um, winemaker, French winemaker, called Charles de Louvain, who moved from Rams to, to Rioja and started working with this, uh, this project, this project in, in Bodegas Bilbaínas, developing both lines of wines, uh, one hand uh, steel wines and the other hand uh, sparkling wines. And the first steel wine in, in uh, Bilbaínas was Viña Pomal. And Viña Pomal was the main brand and still nowadays is our main brand because the main idea for us is to reflect the vineyard on the wine. So this is the reason why all of our wines are called like the vineyard that they are coming from. Viña uh, Pomal is the main important vineyard for us. It's a vineyard that we have around uh, 19 hectares, all locked at Inigaro, Rioja Alta, mainly Tempranillo, but there we have also nowadays uh, other varieties like uh, the Tempranillo Blanco that we are going to taste after. And, and we have also a little bit, a little bit of white Grenache. So now we have uh, uh, different varieties, but at that, at that first moment, and then the first beginning of the 20th century, uh, there were mainly Tempranillo at that uh, Viña Pomal state, that Viña Pomal plot. And um, some years after, um, they develop another uh, grade of another stage of, of quality wines, developing the Grand Reserva. And they decided that uh, the Grand Reserva was only um, possible to do if the vintage was um, good enough to, to age this wine as much as possible. So the first Grand Reserva was launched in 28, and we make only these grand reservas at this, following the same, the same uh, um, terms at, at that moment there, when the vintage has, has the quality now for only in the outstanding uh, vintages, we are able to, to have the, the perfect grapes for making the grand reservas. 
And some years after, uh, well, Bodegas Filvainas in the more recent years um, was bought by another winery groups in uh, 1997, was bought by the Raventus Codoni group. And we nowadays were very proud because we belong to a, a big uh, group of wineries. And, and I think we have the, the perfect examples of, of what the best winemakers can do in each place and over the world. Not only in Spain, but you know, probably in, in California and we have also Argentina. So we are uh, in a group uh, with, a, with a mix of different winemakers profiles. And that gives us a richness about the knowledge, uh, one from the other. And I, I think we, have, we are very, com very well complementing one, one with the other. And that makes this, this makes, this, uh, makes uh, a very, very important uh, group. And uh, talking about the more recent history in, in Bilbainas, we, we, we are growing, uh, developing new lines of wine. So Viña was the first brand. It was born since the first beginning and we never stopped doing it. But on the other hand, in the 90s, Biodegas uh, Urbainas decided to launch to the market a new concept of wine, more modern concept, um, using at first uh, French barrel against the American barrel that is the traditional uh, way of aging for our temperature in Vignobomal, and uh, looking for more extraction, more concentration, and this uh, profile of more uh, dark fruit, in despite of all the great fruit that uh, we have in the Viña Pomar. Different concept, more French concept of wines, and this is La Vicalanda. And now we have uh, these two main pillars in our red wines. Vicalanda style, that's more modern, more concentration, and Pomar, that is, I think, the, the best example of the classic Riojan relaxed wine. But that is no, not only the, the wines that we make, because uh, nowadays we have developing in the range of premium wines, a lot of uh, different wines, uh, singular vineyards. That means uh, we have different varietals. We work with all the varietals uh, uh, allowed in Rioja, but uh, we only work with uh, these traditional uh, grapes in Rioja. So, Nowadays, we, we make not only reds, but also whites. And in fact, we have nowadays uh, five different whites. We have a, a Viña Pumal white uh, working with, uh, with uh, Bura and Malvasia. We work with white Maturana that is very exclusive and unique in Rioja. We have a very few hectares of white Maturana in Rioja. And I think it's the most outstanding white in Rioja nowadays. We have white Grenache, we have white Tempranillo, and all of them give us a, a, a rich, a very, a very rich uh, pool of, of white wines to, to show our customers what is the, the richness of the, the different varieties that we have here in Rioja. So with this work that we, we made with these grapes, we, uh, we want to, to reflect that Rioja is not only red, it's also white. And we have very um, outstanding and, and very sovereign um, white uh, varieties with a, a high quality for um, taking it uh, as a young white or for aging. 
uh, one of the of the advantages that has the, the white varieties in Rioja is that they have uh, a very good acidity and that uh, quality that characteristic uh, gives us a, a, a very useful tool to age in barrel and work with this this uh, with this great white grape varieties in in barrel and I think this is the, the key of, for making different wines or so different style of wines, talking about uh, Rioja wines from the different parts of the world. Now we are going to taste uh, one of them, uh, the white Tempranillo. Tempranillo is the most popular grape in Rioja, so it's the king of the varieties in, in Rioja. And um, there's many there are many reasons why, because um, at first, it has a very early ripening cycle, so that gives us a very useful uh, tool to assurance you that when you, is the moment of the harvest, you you have the right, right balance between the maturation, uh, alcohol, and polyphenolic content. On the other hand, it's, it's the variety I think that is best adapted in every terroir. So in Spain, you can uh, find the same grape in different um, appellations. In Rioja, it's called Tinta, de, Tinta del País. Um, for example, and you can find it in different places in Spain and in the rest of the world. And it is the variety that always fits perfectly to its terroir. So this variety uh, as adapt adapts its uh, its growth to the to the to each terroir perfectly. And how would you um, explain the different terroirs of Rioja? Because it's quite a big region, and so you've talked about how you work with different vineyards for different expressions of wine. Um, how does Rioja vary? in the regions and even in, in the different villages? Rioja is, is all around the, the River Ebro, so it has, an, if, if we are talking about the length, it's around, I think, uh, 100 kilometers since the north to the, since the west to the east part of, of, uh, of the River Ebro Valley. Okay, so we have, uh, we are on, on the western, northern west uh, part of Rioja, it's called Rioja Alta, if we talk about Rioja, the total of the surface of Rioja is around 66,000 uh, hectares. In Rioja Alta, we have around uh, 26,000 hectares. Then we have uh, the other part of the River of Valley. It's called Rioja La Vesa because it's another uh, region um, in Spain, but it belongs to the same appellation. Because one of the things that they have the appellation is that mix in different districts. Uh, we are in Rioja as, as the name of the of the appellation, but we have also some village uh, in that, that are located geographically are located in uh, in uh, in Basque Country. So it's Rioja La Besa region. And on the other hand, in the eastern eastern part, uh, we have the uh, Rioja Oriental. That uh, some year, some previous year, was called Rioja Baja, and nowadays is is renowned, renamed as uh, Rioja Oriental, and this is the uh, the biggest part of, of Rioja because it has uh, twenty three thousand hectares. Well, it's more or less like Rioja Alta, but with different con uh, conditions. Because if we talk about Rioja Alta, 
Rio Falta is the northwest part. It has a very clear Atlantic influence in, in our terroir. Um, we, our, our soils and, uh, and our vineyards are uh, coming from uh, terroirs that it started at the, at the quaternary place to send, so the, the last place to send during the quaternary. And that was the first part that the river uh, Rockwinds uh, he developed to the to the country to the region um, makes this uh, landscape making some meanders and um, going down on the on the soil. So this gives us uh, an alluvial origin of the of the soils with uh, a lot of clay. And it, uh, it gives us a, a very good condition, talking about uh, soils uh, characteristics for growing uh, the vineyard. It was uh, a, a soil very poor for, for cultivation of, of, of other, uh, of other uh, crops or, or something like that, or cereals, but it was the best uh, soil for growing uh, the vineyard because they were really poor soils. And the the roof of the first vineyard has to go deep down in the, in the soil, some meters to to look for the the water. This uh, gives us our uh, dry uh, vineyards that we have nowadays, and these are the vineyards that we get the most um, exceptional quality in the, in the temperate expression. On the other hand, you have the oriental part of Rioja. That is more a Mediterranean climate. So this Mediterranean climate, there are more sandy soils. Um, normally, the temperature coming from Rioja Oriental is more is more rounded. It has a little bit higher alcohol degree, and the dryness cycle is earlier because they have um, more highest temperature during the the, the summer time. So the uh, the rainless cycle is shorter than, than us. No? Where um, if we are talking about uh, harvest time in, uh, in Rioja Oriental, they started at the first beginning of, of September, and we started at the first beginning of October. So more or less, there's between twenty and twenty five days between uh, one part of the Rioja and the other one. Um, our wines, our wines in, in Rio Alta are perfect for aging. So all the most, uh, the oldest vintage that you can find of Rioja uh, probably comes to Rioja Alta. And if you look um, forward to the, to the history of Rioja, all the concentration, all the, the, the most, the highest concentration of, of centenary uh, wineries are uh, obviously here in, in Rioja Alta. And the reason was because there are the, the places where the, the vineyards uh, has the highest quality since the first beginning of, of the of the 10th century. So um talking about um about the growing of the of the of the vines uh, we work mainly in a dry um, cultivating the in conditions of dryest, um, in Rioja Oriental they use a little bit more water. More water. It has uh, uh, water for the for the condition of the, of the plants. Uh, we we work with uh, old vineyards, very low yields. Um, they are working with a little bit higher because they have 
better con uh, conditions to grow the vines and normally yields there are, are higher than in Rioja and Rioja La Mesa. Um, but in general terms, if we have, if we have to, to describe uh, the two kinds of Rioja reds, and Rioja oriental reds are more warmy, more red pretty and more alcohol, uh, alcoholic wines. And we have uh, more acidity, more structure, a little bit more concentration of polyphenolic content, um, and a long pot uh, aging potential, more red fruit on the nose, uh, but uh, a high potential of, of aging. So I, I have, and I think you have the Reserva and the Grand Reserva. So Reserva from 2015 and Grand Reserva from 2012. How do you select the fruit? What's the difference in your selection between the two wines? Well, when we work with the wines, um, always during the harvest, we met a different uh, harvest. It depends on the variety, it depends on the origin, on the and on the vineyard. And we fermented all separate, all the vats are separate. So we made, I have a huge uh, quantity of different wines at the end of, a, of every uh, vintage, uh, or the, at the end of every harvest. When we, we finish with, the, with this, we uh, classify, it depends on the quality, uh, but mainly talking about tasting and the analytical component, but mainly it's the tasting. The tasting is the most important thing for deciding. Uh, when we are working with the Tempranillo for the Reserva, we mainly use the, our Viña uh, Pomal plot, that we call core square woods. These two are our main vineyards for making this mini pomal. Because here we, we are working uh, with a temperature that in which we are looking for a more red fruity expression in the nose, um, a red granite uh, color on the on the glass, and a little bit more uh, a structure, but a soft structure. When we are working with uh, Grand Reserva, we are looking for a uh, more elegant freshness, lower pH. We have to, to, to have a, a, a little bit more polyphenolic content since the first beginning that help us to age for at least five years because, as you know, Grand Reserva is a wine that is minimum five years old, two of them in barrel. So this, this uh, tempranillo has to have a, a very high uh, potential of aging. And on the other hand, for the Grand Reserva, we use a blend with Graciano. Graciano is another very important red variety talking about aging wines in Rioja. And Graciano is the perfect complement for the tempranillo for us, uh, for making these this Grand Reserva wines, for making these aging, these long aging wines. This Graciano is, is uh, as well as the Tempranillo, is grown in, uh, grown in, in, in our vineyard, in Viguan Estate, is uh, one of our oldest vineyard. And uh, these two varieties, the Graciano with the Tempranillo, gives this, this profile of, of uh, elegance, um, silky tannins on, on the mouth, long aftertaste that we are looking for the Grand Reserva. I don't know if you are, uh, if you understand me, the two styles of the, the wine. No? So one is the more young wine with this fruity expression since the first beginning. And on the other hand, you have the elegance and the silky tannins on the mouth. This is a more relaxed wine. I, I always said that the Grand Reserve for me is the slow wine. 
is a wine that you have to you have time enough to enjoy it because when you give a little bit more air in the glass, uh, it spreads a lot of things that it has be, uh, hidden is inside. Yeah, I opened these wines last night and tried them with my wife and the Reserva was much more immediate. It's kind of like, wow, it's fantastic. Whereas the Grand Reserva, as you say, you need more time to reflect and think about it. So slightly different styles, though very consistent with each other. Um, so the Reserva is 100% Tempranillo. And you mentioned before that Tempranillo really expresses the site where it comes from. Can you expand on that? Well, the Tempranillos is, uh, is coming from our, our vineyard called Cores and Cuervo. So these are around 90 hectares, very close to the, to the winery. And we pick up all these this, uh, this Tempranillo grapes manually. We fermented in, in different batches because it's a, it's, a, it's a huge vineyard. No? So when we started the uh, harvesting uh, the, the Viña Pomal style, we have around um, a week picking these this grapes. No? And here we work with the Tempranillo at first selecting the, the plots and then in the winery uh, we work with indigenous um, yeast always. We don't use commercial yeast for making our reds. Um, the only thing that we made during the fermentation is uh, control the temperatures and the uh, manual movements in the tank. So, I mean, daily uh, pump overs, um, long maceration after the fermentation. Once the fermentation, the alcoholic fermentation stops, we try to keep as much as possible with the, with the skins. Because in my, in my idea, it's my opinion, uh, all these natural components that you can extract for this for the, the own grape are um, has a, a better conditions of, for the stabilization of the color and the, the structure in the future. So it's a more honestly wine when you work with the with the with the honest skins. So it's our our idea, and then we remove the, the skins, then we, we make the malolactic, also it's with the indigenous bacteria. And once the malolactic stops, to just uh, we have to um, rack off at least three times the, the wines for uh, cleaning the, the wine, but that in a natural way, that's by the, the decantation of the, all the leaves, and we put in barrel. We use American barrel for the Viña Pomale style, but uh, we use around 20% uh, of new barrel. We don't uh, want to that this uh, profile of new barrel, the soaky notes, were, will be too much uh, present in the future wine. So we have to work with different ages of, of, of barrels and we make a renovation of, of, the, of the barrel cellar every year, but not more than 20% of new barrel plays a role in this in this wine. And uh, if we work with the Tempranillo grapes for the Gran Reserva, it's more or less similar, but the tanks are smaller because uh, is coming from Biguana State. Our Biguana State is, is smaller, it's around 15 hectares. And then we have all vines of uh, Tempranillo, it's, uh, vines that is uh, around 35 years old and all vines of Graciano also. And we work with these two varieties separately, one from the other. 
This is 50 hectares we pick up in different times because uh, it's not a regular soil. Uh, when you walk all around the, the vineyard, you can see that it, you have different kinds of soils. And it, that uh, um, situation gives us different moments of harvest for each part of the plot. So it's a small plot, but we might at least four different harvests there. It depends on the moment that the, we found it's, it's a portion, it's, it's a, sex, a section of, the, of this plot. So this is the reason why all the temperature um, that plays a role in, in, in this Grand Reserva are fermenting in smaller tanks. Um, long maturation also, and uh, we fermented separately, Graciano on one hand and Tempranillo on the other, on the other hand. Once the wine, both wines are finished, we put in barrel. We use also American barrel for the Grand Reserva for both varieties for a year. And in the second year, and after the, the second year of aging started, what we, what we do is um, mix them, decide the final blend that is around 19% Embranillon 10 Graciano. And then we put together for the last, two, uh, for the last year, again in, in American barrel. Then we put in bottle for three years more. But I, I think this, if you lay that the two parties to express itself during this first uh, part of the, of the process, and then we put together for making this, this final stage of, the, of, this, of this travel together, um, is the perfect combination for get all the all the expression of this this grand reserva. And um, can you talk about Graciano a bit more? I was talking to a California winemaker who has Graciano planted, and she said it was her favorite favorite grape variety to taste, but absolute nightmare to work with in the vineyard. Yeah, it's it's a variety that the growers hate, but the winemakers loved. So. We're uh, we're lucky because we have our own Graciano. We we um, can cultivate it and is, um, wait until the the Graciano is is um, in the ripeness cycle, uh, in the perfect um, uh, ripeness of, of cycle cycle of ripeness uh, at the end. No, well Graciano is a very difficult variety because it uh, suffers a lot of the drought. Um, it's very difficult to cultivate it because you have to work with the with the plants, with the vines in many many times because uh, all the all, all the vine is is to um, I don't know how how to say how to explain it as uh, like a, well you have to work a lot of with the vines if you got if you uh, want to conduct to uh, to to, uh, to drive it to to the right way. Um, on the other hand, uh, the handicap that has the Graciano is that the long, the long uh, cycle of ripeness, the long maturation cycle that it has, is the, the last grape that we pick up in, during the harvest. If we started with the harvest at the first beginning of, of October, we uh, take the Graciano in the winery uh, at 1st at November for this year, for example, so one month later. This long cycle well, uh, gets you lower yield because you have some uh, concentration of the grapes at the end, at the end of, the, of the cycle. It gives you a lot of quality, but less yield. 
and this is one of the reasons that the growers are not too uh, too happy with this because they have lower yield and when the tempranillo tempranillo is always right and it gives if uh, to to them uh, very good yields but not with the graciano and and it's very uh, sensitive to some diseases, uh, Graciano also. So you have to take a little bit more care than with the Tempranillo. Um, so it's, it's difficult to cultivate it. So that were the reasons that the growers um, didn't want it. One of the things that are changing in Rioja is that the, the wineries are, are paying more for these varietas, for these special varietas that give you a, a kind of a, a shine of quality on your wines. No? And if you pay a little bit more, probably you preserve the future uh, vineyard of, of Graciano for particular owners. This is only the way to do um, preserving in the future because other way um, growers uh, remove all the Graciano as as the years before happened in Rioja and probably disappear. It's more or less the same that it happened in the past with the red Maturana. Red Maturana it was an indigenous grape on Rioja that exists in Rioja. We have some data that it exists a hundred years ago, but in one a moment, uh, all the particular owners decide to, to uh, remove all this, this vineyard. And I think one of the reasons was because the low yield of this, this varietal, of this variety, and the difficulty that it has to, to cultivate it. So it is uh, difficult, so you don't have to, you don't pay the uh, particular owners in the normal way that they decide is, uh, to remove it. And change to Tempranillo. Yields uh, for growers are very important for obvious reasons. Um, this the Grand Reserva is ten percent uh, Graciano, but you do make a single varietal Graciano. I haven't tried in years, but I remember having it maybe ten years ago, and it's one of the most beautiful wines I'd ever tried. How how is it tasting now? Yeah, it's a, it's a, well Graciano is a very um, um, well-known variety itself because it has this profile of this balance between um, balsamic profile, um, red, pretty, but a very good acidity, a, a red purple color, very, 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 very um, outstanding. No? It's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a wine that um, has a very good acidity. So nowadays we have in our a collection of, of singular varietals. We have a hundred percent Graciano. The vintage is two thousand and fifteen, like the their reserva. And if you try it and you taste it, uh, you can think that it's a twenty twenty. So it's too young because it has uh, this potential because it's uh, because of uh, its lower pH and this uh, this acidity. Um, I think it's it's a perfect wine for younger consumers that likes this uh, uh, expression of fruity and different con concept avoiding the, the barrel nuances and it's a, it's a very funny wine to make much pairing with different foods and especially with meats because because of this this acidity helps you to to match with meat 
with a great balance between both sensations, no? the, the grass of the meat and uh, the pH, uh, the lower pH and the acidity of the, the Graciano. I like a lot the, the Graciano grapes. My favorite grape for me, apart from the Tempranillo, is the Grenache. But um, I enjoy a lot the, the, Graciano, the Graciano wines. Well, neither of these wines have Garnacha in them, but can you talk about Garnacha and uh, growing conditions and where you get the fruit from? Um, Grenache, we uh, make also a single varietal of, of Grenache. Um, Grenache we use for one special collection of in our wines and then Vinapomal wines. Um, just uh, making a remind of, of what the, the original wine making was in Rioja because in Rioja the original wines were not uh, made with one varietal, it was a mix always a mix with the different reds and also whites. And that was because um, people at that moment, when they decided to start with the harvest, they pick up all, all the vineyard at the same time and they make only wine. But uh, in this, all this mix, they always use, uh, they always use the Grenache. The Grenache is, is a very warm variety um, that gives you volume and when you're when we are talking about blends, it's the perfect component. I I I like to see that it's like the priest that make them their marriage between the both the other varieties because it's very kind and it has this sensation of, of roundness and volume that uh, um, goes all around the, the rest of the, of the varieties. And in the other hand, it has this floral content in the nose, no? That gives you a little bit power on the on the nose, mixing mixing this flower components with the with the fruity components, red fruity components of the Tempranillo, no, all the all the Graciano. On the, in the other hand, Grenache is very well adapted to our conditions and. As in, exceptionally in this nowadays because of the glo global warming. Granata is very well adapted to to hot, so this I think in the future we we get more and more granate because it is the variety that probably adapt adapt uh, in the future will adapt better to the to the warmer conditions, um, and give us this this sensation of, of pleasance and in, in the mouth, no, in in the, in, the, in the wines. And we have here in Rioja, uh, we are lucky because we have both um, varieties, white Grenache and red Grenache. So we have both uh, both colors of the same grape. And both grapes, both colors of grapes, give us very, very uh, superland wines. And so do, is the Tempranillo and the Garnacha planted together or in completely different vineyards? So are there are different vineyards. We, when with the Grenache, we work with vineyards that the, we, we have in, in another part of Rioja. It's called um, Tudelilla. Tudelilla is a, a small village locked in, in Rioja Oriental, but in a, in a mountain. So it has a little bit higher altitude than the rest of the Oriental Rioja. And did, that gives us um, a freshness and the floral profile that we need for this this uh, granite. When we work with the granache, we are always looking for a very floral and very expressive wine, and we're avoiding uh, concentration and um, high uh, alcohol degree. So we are looking for the freshness, not for the powerful col color. 
So this is the reason why we move to another place, more freshness and and in particular because she has uh, a different soils with more um, uh, stones on the surface and that gives us also on the other hand a minerality that, that is very unique in this in, in this green ash that we have there. And do you think that's a trend in the region to plant at higher altitude to get that fresher style rather than in warmer con um, conditions? Yeah, uh, in fact, uh, what is happening is that uh, all the Rioja now is looking to our region in Rioja Alta. Um, all the, the producers that want to make uh, um, long aging wines, they need our conditions, they need the, the, our conditions, our best vineyard uh, adapted to this Atlantic and freshness conditions. Because if you have a uh, um, a dry and a hot uh, year for us it's not a problem we started earlier but we have the freshness during the wind during the summer to get the, the harvest in right condition and if we have a um, cold uh, year and rainy year it's not a problem for us also because we have dry uh, grow uh, growing vines so rainy is perfect for us because we have no water in the other way and we are very well adapted to uh, cooler conditions. So our cycle was normal, was regular and long, but at the end, if we wait, uh, we get the, the, the right ripeness. So this is a, a little bit different than other parts of Rioja because if uh, they are in a warmer um, region and uh, the year is hot, they, they need look for for vineyards that they're in, in, a, in a coolest and in a um, uh, coldest uh, re uh, region of, of, of Rioja um, but especially for making this uh, if you are thinking in a reserva or in a grand reserva you need this this profile of vineyard. Well let's move on to white wine so it, I have the 2015 Tempranillo Blanco it's a very interesting wine because Tempranillo Blanco is not a well-known grape variety and also it's, it's relatively old, 2015. I was just smelling it and tasting it again last night. It's almost like Vigna Tondonia, that older style of white wine. But it's also a little bit like white burgundy. It's a little bit oxidative as well. It's really unusual and distinctive. Yeah, it's one of the, of the, um, of the keys that has our temp white Tempranillo is because it's uh, planted in Rioja Alta, it has freshness. So this freshness gives you this uh, sensation of, of um, that the wine is alive, is still in the grasses, even if it is a, a reserva, a white reserva, and the vintage is the same as the as the red, but it has uh, you know, you can notice that it is still, uh, still alive enough to keep in bottle for at least ten years more, and in fact. Um, this this was a tradition here in 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 bodegas Bilbaínas because and we have some old vintages of uh, one of our of our, our vineyards Viña Paceta we we have their uh, Viura and in uh, in the nineties uh, they made here um, some white uh, reserva and we taste nowadays and they are very very outstanding wines so this are this is a style of of very elegant white um for enjoying it as the same as the as we talk with the grand reserve no? for giving some air 
and enjoy the, the wine. No? It's a different profile, elegant, but you have the honey and the, and the quincy notes in the, in the nose. Uh, but on the other hand, you have the great balance between the acidity and the volume in, in the mouth. And overall, the aftertaste that is long, pleasant, and is fresh at the end. Yeah, I agree completely. So it's a rich wine, it's powerful wine, but it's extremely fresh and extremely food friendly as well. Um, we had it last night with um, chicken, which was covered with coconut sauce, and it was a very good pairing. Can you talk about more about Tempranillo Blanco? Because it's quite a new grape variety, isn't it? Yeah, well, uh, for both Tempranillo Blanco and, and Garnacha Blanca, um, occurs in the in the vineyard, in the Rioja vineyard, as a natural way, like a natural mutation. Um, all the whites appear uh, since the, the, their uh, red varieties um, by a natural mutation that occurs, nobody knows how, but uh, in one in one moment of the, of the of the developing of this of the vineyards, this uh, natural mutation appears on the on the vineyard. And what Rioja made uh, was uh, cultivate once this uh, these different varieties, the different color varieties appears on the vineyard, uh, grow separately and uh, multiplicating in a special in, in um, research uh, centers specialized in in this kind of of uh, development. And um, we started planting in 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 different places in, in Rioja. Um, I think the key for the Tempranillo because it's, it has as the same as the as the red um, a short ripening cycle. So the key for get the high quality white Tempranillo is uh, um, planted in a in a fresh area in a cool area. And this is our idea. This is why we have it in, in Rio Alta. Because when we, you go with this uh, Tempranillo Blanco in another parts of Rioja, talking about Rioja Oriental, that are warmer, the, the cycle is too short. So that gives you a not too right balance between the alcohol because you get the, the high, high uh, alcohol degree um, so quick and uh, you don't have freshness enough for making um, for making wines that you can work with, with barrel. No? That is our idea for making the white tempranillo. White tempranillo is a, a varietal that is not too expressive in notes. But it's a very good variety for work with with barrels and with with wood, no. And we made what we made this uh, the way we made this this wine is uh, fermenting it in a in a wooden tank, and then we put it in barrel. So we make uh, work with barrels in different shapes and different volumes, uh, just to to get the best expression of this tempranillo. So it's a, it's a it's a variety that you have to work with because itself is not too expressive, but uh, gives you many, many options to, to make uh, this uh, super and uh, wines or long aging wines. Yeah, when I've tasted um, kind of younger Tempranillo Blanco, it's been quite boring, but then tasting this wine, it's very expressive. I guess a wine making wine rather than a grape growing wine, if that makes sense. Totally agree because it's it's a wine that uh, here the wine maker has to use our imaginations and intuitions and and work with. No, it's well, it's like it's, it's a variety that is like this. It's, that has nothing special, 
and you have to 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 develop yourself and, and thinking on what can I, could I do with this with this variety, you know, as as you said, so work. So, but uh, the, I I think uh, I, I found the the key and it's work with with uh, with wooden tanks and you know, different shapes of, of wooden tanks. Um, this is the key to give this. Uh, Particular um, style, no? This particular characteristic in the in the in the Tempranillo white. Fantastic. So to um, conclude, I have one last question. What do you think the future of Rioja holds? What are the future trends that you uh, predict? Well, I think that the trends are looking for um, for a long aging well long aging wines in the premium brand. I think there's different ranges in Rioja nowadays. Uh, I think that. The normal, the, the the entry level of the Riojas, people are looking for more uh, fruity and um, easy drinking wines, not com with not complica uh, complication at all. Um, and on the other hand, the other kind of customers are looking in Rioja uh, on a premium brand, are thinking on a premium brand, and they are thinking on uh, on. Uh, a wine very respectful with the vineyard. I think people nowadays want to to um, that the wine reflects the vineyard that they are coming from. The main differences between different producers in Rioja has to be the vineyard. So the vineyard is the it's the uh, it has to be the main role in in, in every wine. So. Uh, I think this this uh, two two ways of of trends. No the. Um, Normal consumer uh, that is not um, only thinks and enjoy the wine and is looking for an easy drinking wine, very fruity with not too much oak, about the this uh, the soaking notes. And on the other hand, um, more specialized among wine lovers that they are looking the, uh, the this identification with the vineyard, the soil, the terroir, and uh, the different vineyards that gives you different profiles even if you are talking with the same variety, that's mainly the Tempranillo, but different uh, vineyards give you different profiles. So I think the trends will be this, this, these two lines. Do you think there will ever be a classification for different vineyards and different villages like you have in Burgundy? In, uh, if you, I don't know if you know, but uh, um, the control board is working in this way because the, the normal classification is uh, too old. For, for us, because we have only uh, just two, two, three, four years ago, we have only four uh, grades of classification. Now we have the generic one, so the main Scorsetta, uh, Crianza, Roserva, and Gran Reserva. And nowadays we have a singular vineyard that is uh, a premium quality that gives you an idea that this is a very unique wine, but it's coming 100% from one plot. From one vineyard that has a, the the main characteristic or the characteristic uh, described in, in 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 the in the control board. On the other hand, you have the appellation of the village, so you can call a uh, wine uh, in in our particular case Aro because our vineyards are located in Aro, and you have a Tempranillo coming hundred percent from Aro, and you can call as Rioja Alta. This is another appellation that is uh, well recognized, recognized uh, nowadays here in Rioja. So um, 
I think now uh, the, the control board has, are giving to us, to the producer, many tools for make this differentiation between the, the categories. So you, you can have all, all of, 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 of us, all of the producers in Rioja can make reserva, but all our reservas will be different But because you can use another uh, appellation to go with this main name, main brand of reserva. So for us, we have a reserva, but it's a reserva coming from Aro. So it's a reserva and you can read in the label and uh, if you are in another part of the Rioja you can uh, you can find Rioja um, Rioja La Besa you can find Rioja Rioja Oriental and, and I think it's, it's, it's more honest uh, for the for the customer because this is the the way that the customer can make the differentiation between one reserva and another and they decide what which uh, style they prefer well, this is the important thing about wine, or the great thing about wine, is that it reflects where it comes from. It's a sense of place. And, yeah. and Rioja has sure. many different expressions, depending on where the vineyard is, and also the grape variety as well. So I think that's a great overview of some of the different trends in Rioja, the different grape varieties, the different places. And I think I definitely urge anyone to try these wines, because they're extremely good. And it's really nice to meet you virtually. I hope I get to meet you in person uh, one day, I'm definitely ready to start traveling again.